All right, come on now. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Make some noise, excited to be here. Let's go. Man, it's so good to see you guys. We wanna welcome our Ashland campus as well and everybody watching online. I'm telling you what, if you missed last series, it was my favorite series, man. It was amazing. We had some guys in our church stand up and preach and some of them ne never preached before in their life. And so it's just so good to have those guys. If you missed that, please go back and watch that series. It was amazing. You know, when I'm thinking about series and planning through series, I look at seasons of people's lives. And in April, when I'm thinking about August, so in April, I'm thinking about what we're gonna be doing in August, I know that August is a time where people are stressful, they're anxious, they're worried, they're busy, and I'm thinking about that season, why? Because little Johnny's going to kindergarten for the very first time. Or, or Sarah graduates, watch this, from middle school and she's going to high school and the parents are, are nervous about it. Or the first time a student comes to college here, at least at Morehead State University, and, and, and parents are a little nervous about it. Or maybe you transferred a job and your job starts in August and, and now it's a new job, new school, new position, or, and, and all this stuff. And so a lot of times people are just anxious or busy, or stressed, or nervous. And so this time I said, you know what, let's do something different. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun in August. The church should be fun anyway. So let's have some fun in August and let's go old school and go back to some of the games that we used to play. That's the name of the series, Games That People Play. And let's just pull out some life-changing, life-altering thoughts of those games that we could apply today. And so let's, let's all participate. You gotta participate in this. So we're gonna, we're gonna do this together. And everybody at our Ashland campus, I want you to do it as well. I want you to raise your hand. If you've ever played the game Battleship when you was a kid, raise your hand. Come on, Battleship. Yes. Man, wasn't Battleship so much fun? I mean, Battleship was good and you lost a little piece and then you walked at night and you stepped on it and it killed your foot. You know what I'm saying? Like Battleship. And then they got really high tech and they came out with electronic Battleship, like for lazy people. Like, I can't say E12, right? Come on, man. Like, like, I had to have a voice to say that for me. How many of you remember and you played the game Operation? Come on, get your hand up, Operation. Man, there were two reasons in my life that determined I was not gonna be a surgeon or a doctor. Number one was every time I took the wishbone out, I touched the side. Don't look at me, you did the same thing. The wishbone was the hardest one. I'm still scarred from it from this day. So that was number one. The second thing that kept me from being a surgeon was my report card. You're welcome that I did not become your doctor. And so my report card and operation kept me from being a doctor. But that's another story. What about Scrabble? Anybody love to play Scrabble? Get your hand in, you play Scrabble. All the smart people can spell. I hate that game. Like, I am no good at spelling. You know, it's just so bad. I didn't know how to put words together. And so Scrabble, close the family. Here's a big one. My family, we still play this. My kids love to play this. Clue. Anybody used to play Clue, right? Right? It was the butler with the candlestick, right? My youngest son, Jake, he kicks my tail at that game every single time. I think it's like a logic thing, and I don't have it, but he does. And so I, it just irks me because I want to win. Right? Any competitive people in the house, you get mad when you play games? Come on, don't sit the halo, get your hand up. The message at the end of this series is for you. Hello, you don't wanna miss that message at all. And so today I'm gonna take an old school game that came out in 1981 by Milton Bradley and you can guess it, it was the game Connect Four. Anybody used to play the game Connect Four? I almost got on YouTube and played the video today of the first original commercial of 1981 of the Connect Four. I spared your time, go do it yourself, it, it's pretty funny. But the whole point to win the game is, you know, right, is to get four in a row 
so that you could connect four, and if you connect four, you won the game, right? I mean, that's the goal. And then the opponent tried to block you from getting connected. And so I wanna take this thought process today, this old school game we used to play, and I wanna apply it today in our life. What are some things we can do to get connected? And so if you have your Bibles, go with me to Acts chapter two. Acts chapter two. And the reason why it's called the book of Acts is because it's the actions, act, A-C-T, right? It's the actions of the early church. And so we have a description here of what the early church did. We have the acts of the early church when it was birthed in front of us. And they did so many things well. They had so many good things they did. But there were four things, hence, connect four. There were four things that they did really, really well found in one verse. And this is where we're going to camp out in this one verse in Acts 2, verse 42. It says this, they were continually devoting themselves, here they go, here it is, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. There are four things they got connected with, the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayer. And then look what happened in verse 43 because of this. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. Let, let me just go, when's the last time you felt awe? When's the last time you felt a sense of awe when it comes about the presence of God in your life? When's the last time you walked in to worship with the family of God and you just sensed an awe? Like the awesomeness of God, like something is great going on in your life. They had this sense of awe in their life and look at what happened. Many wonders and signs were taking place, this is very key, through the apostles. Now, your translation may say by the apostles, but I just wanna make sure you understand this. It was through the apostles. The apostles didn't have the power. The apostles didn't have the miracles. It was God working through them. In the same way God works through you to reach your family, to reach your friends, to reach your coworkers. It's the same thing we say to church. The church is not about your money. You don't give to the church. You give through the church to make a difference in the kingdom of God. And these signs and wonders took place because a deep commitment to God's word, a deep commitment to fellowship, to breaking of the bread and prayer. So there's my four points. So if you have to leave, at least you got the four points down. So I'm gonna expand on those and expound those so we can leave today understanding where are we missing connection in our own life? Where is it that we need to get connected? And so I, I came up with these, these four, which are right here in the passage. These are our four points that we're gonna walk through the day. And hopefully today before you leave, you'll say, okay, that's one area of my life I need to get connected. So if you're ready to get started, so let's go. All right, here we go. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down, is that you need to stay connected to God's word. Obviously, right? You need to stay connected. If you wanna get connected, listen, just count these as anomaly. Let's do it like this. We gotta get connected to God's word. And every time you take a step to get connected to God's word, you're gonna have the devil. The devil is yellow, green is go, which means it's, it's good. All right, green is good. You're gonna have the devil say, wait, 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 wait. You don't even know how to read well. You can't understand the Bible. It's so ancient, written by, you know, all these people a long time ago, and it's not even maybe relevant. You, you don't have time to read the Bible. The enemy's gonna come and say, wait, say, say, wait, you know, you, you, you gotta come up with something else because, you know, how can you really think the Bible can change your life? And so he's gonna do everything he can to block you from God's word. And I want you to hear this. The number one way that God wants to speak to you is through the Bible. It's the number one way. 
You can read countless blogs, countless articles. You know right now that somebody, because they put on Facebook and aisle 12 and Kroger, there's a sale going on because someone wanted the whole world to know that. And they put the, and you can spend hours scrolling, but no time in God's Word. Why do you think God, the enemy wants to keep you from God's word? Because it's the number one way that God wants to speak to you. Now, in this setting, they did it corporately. They stay connected to God's word corporate. Now, they didn't have what we have today. They didn't get together in the temple and say, okay, turn with me to 1 Peter. <laughs> Peter's like, I'm over here. What do you mean 1 Peter? Like, they, they, didn't, they didn't have that today. So what were they teaching well, they were teaching what we have, the Torah, the Old Testament, the law, and how it pointed to Jesus. But remember Matthew 28, Jesus says, go and make disciples of all people groups and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then what did he say? Now teach them everything that I have taught you. So they were teaching them what Jesus had taught in the temple because they didn't have the Bible. Most of us have seven of these sitting on our shelves at home collecting dust and different translations. When we have people over in China, in the underground church of China, who would die just to have one page ripped out of a Bible so they could have God's Word. We have seven on our bookshelves collecting dust in our home. Why does the enemy want to keep us away and not stay connected to God's Word? Because it is the power in your life. It's how God wants to speak to you. It's where the boldness in your life comes from when we stay connected to God's Word. And so what I want to encourage you to do is watch this. Don't forsake the fellowship because every Sunday we're going to talk about God's Word. We're going to preach from God's Word. So it is a corporate thing, but watch this. It's also personal in your life. The second thing he says in Acts 42, look what he says. They were continuing devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. They had this deep fellowship with one another. So this is my second point. You've got to stay connected to each other. Stay connected to God's word, but we must stay connected to each other because we're a family. We're a defunctional family. Anybody got a defunctional family in the house? Any defunctional families? If you're not raising your hand because you're the defunctional one of the family. You just don't know it. Right? We all have dysfunctional family. We are a family. We may be dysfunctional, but we're a family. And we've got to learn to stay connected together. The Greek word here is koinonia. It's this word that means a deep sense of staying connected. Jesus prayed that we would be one. And most people's first step away from God is first step away from community. You know, I just don't have time. Works this debate right now. I have time for church right now. You know, things are coming up. I got to do these things. And I'll, I'll get it someday. You're not anti against it. You're like, someday I'll get it. And when you stop taking steps away from the family of God and the people of God, watch this. You will isolate yourself. And when you isolate yourself, the enemy will destroy you. The enemy will destroy you if you begin to try to isolate yourself. In fact, the reality is that, is that Jesus gave his life to the church, we get for the church, we should give our lives to the church, to the family of God. I mean, there's so many one another's. There's 97 one another's in the Bible. And I'm gonna talk about, talk bad about one another, gossip about one another, criticize one another. I'm talking about love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another, support one another. The Bible has all these one another's that you cannot do in isolation, that you must do this together as a family. Again, that word koinonia in the Greek means a deep fellowship, a deep friendship. It means developing common goals, common vision, common priorities. And we do this corporately when we come and we fellowship. Now listen, the enemy is gonna do everything he can to block you from being here at the family of God. 
He's gonna do this thing. Man, life's busy right now and stuff. You know, it's no big deal. Just catch it online. And listen, everybody watching online, I am so thankful that we have the technology and the funds to be able to get this message out to the world. There's people all over the United States every single week. Tune in and watch this online. It blows me away. We've been online for years, way before COVID ever hit. We were broadcasting this online. And I'm so thankful. We have shut-ins. We have elderly people. We have people far away. We have people traveling. We have people on vacation. And that's so, we have people sick who are not able to do it, and that's okay, we get it. But the online is just a supplement. It should never, ever in any way take the form of the family of God. If the Apostle Paul was alive today, he would say, praise God that we have the means to get the gospel to every corner of the earth. We could take the gospel to every people group because of technology today. We can get the gospel out. But he also would rebuke and say, but don't stay behind there. Don't stay just online. You gotta find a family to practice the koinonia, to be together with one another, to fellowship with one another. You've got to stay connected as a family. So we stay connected to each other, we stay connected to God's word, and if we do that, watch this, we will begin to grow in our faith. Look what happens in verse 44. I want you to look at this. It said, all the believers, everybody say all. All. All the believers were together and they had all things in common. They would sell their property and possessions and share them with all. Imagine that. People's like, hey, you know, this is a family they have need. Okay, well, honey, go sell one of our acres off and, and let's bring it here. Let's help the family of God. Could you imagine the camaraderie of the family of God? Like we, we would do whatever it takes for the family. We would give our lives for the family of God that we're so connected. Look what it says in verse 46. Day by day, they continue with one mind, one focus. By breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity, praising God and having favor with all the people. Then here it is, watch this. And the Lord was adding to their number every single day. Day by day, those are being saved. Let me tell you something about your pastor. I'm so naive to believe if it happened in here, it can happen in here. If we were to stay connected to God's word, stay connected to each other, he would give us favor and watch this, and people will be saved every single day. So where are we missing the connection? I'm gonna tell you, the enemy is gonna do everything he can to block you from being connected to God's word and to the family of God because that's where our strength and our power comes in unity and through his word. And so I wanna encourage you, stay connected to God's word. Stay connected to each other. Don't isolate yourself. Listen to me. This is very clear. It's not just you and God. God says we are a body, and in your body you have the ears, you have the toes, you have the lungs, you know, you, you have all these parts of the body that makes, and when one part of my body suffers, the whole body suffers. When one part is damaged, it damages the rest of us. We're family, and the Bible says we're a body. And when you don't fulfill the body part that God placed you here, watch this, we, we all suffer, and you do too. So that's why I want you to get connected to the body, find you. And some of you are visiting from another church, that is awesome, go back and be faithful to your local body, to the local church you're in and be faithful and stay connected to God's word and stay connected in fellowship in groups and on Sunday morning gatherings and in serving. And then here's the third one, I thought about this one. How do I word this point? And so here's, what I, here's how I wanna word this. That not only do we stay connected to God's word, stay connected to each other, but we need to stay connected to the gospel. 
Now this is very important. Stay connected to the gospel. It says here they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. To be an apostle, which means you had to see Jesus face to face after the resurrection. You had to see Jesus to be claimed an apostle. So to listen to the apostles' teaching, dedicated to each other, and then it said they broke bread. And so I'm sitting there going, I'm picturing the first thing that comes to my mind when breaking bread, what comes to my mind? You know what first came to my mind? Red lobster cheddar biscuits. Can I get a witness? And I said, okay, okay, shake it, Daniel. What, what, you know what the next thing came to my mind? Texas Roadhouse rolls. <laughs> and I will go to any one of those places with you. Just invite me, let's go. Let's make it happen. Like, so what do you mean when you said breaking a bread? How, how do you say, stay connected to bread? <laughs> That's the third point. But what was the meaning behind it? And so yes, they took and had meals together, no doubt about it. And let me tell you something about first century Jews, especially even to this day is that breaking bread with somebody in that context of having a meal together was very, very, very high honor and very important. Remember in Revelation, one of the churches, I'm gonna talk about this in October when we go through some of the parts of Revelations. Jesus says, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens up that door, I will come in and what does he say? What does he say? And I will eat with them. I will sup with them. What is he trying to say? I will have an intimate, personal relationship and fellowship with you. So when you bring this in the context, when we had a meal together, it's not say, hey, come over for burgers, let's go hang out and talk. No, no, no. It was a very intimate form of fellowship that a trust and a bond was formed where I would open up the intimacy of my life and had deep fellowship. It, was, it meant something when you went to somebody's house to eat. So they did that every single day. But they also did something else. They would break bread to remind themselves that Jesus' body was broken for them. Today we call this communion. And so watch this, every day before every meal, they broke bread together. You see, Baptists are not the only ones that invented potluck. They've been doing potluck way before any of us were doing potluck dinners. But before they did that, they took communion. They, they celebrated the breaking of the bread, the breaking of the body of Jesus. So I thought about that. And so it reminded me of what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Listen to what he says. Because one of the questions I get sometimes is how often do we do communion? Why should we do communion this time, this time, then? And everybody has a different background. Some of you came from a church, you did it every single week. Some of you came from a church, you did it every month. Some of you came, you did it once a quarter. Some of you came, you did it once or twice a year. And so there's this all back mindset. So how, you know, the mindset, how you were raised, where you come from, the tradition you were brought up in. And so how, how often should you do the communion? Well, let's go back to the early church. They did it before every meal, every single day. So where is the prescription of when or how or how often you should do the Lord's Supper. Well, listen, the Apostle Paul tells us right here, look what he says in 1 Corinthians 11. For I received from the Lord that which I also deliver to you, which means Jesus told Paul this. I received from the Lord what I'm about to share with you, okay? What did Jesus share with you? That the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread. Remember, this was the Last Supper in the upper room. We know about this before the crucifixion. He took the bread in verse 24, and when he had given thanks to God, he broke it, the breaking of bread, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So he broke the bread to say, my body is gonna be broken for you. 
So you need to do this, and as often as you, you're gonna remember that my body was broken for you. And that's what happens when we take the bread at the Lord's Supper. And then verse 25, in the same way he also took the cup. Now, I wish I had time to expound on this. They had four cups. This was the third cup. Very significant, very important part. Jesus picks the third cup to introduce this new covenant. Don't have time to expound it, but it's pretty fascinating if you really like historical context. He says this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Now, this, this would have threw the disciples like, what? You see, in your hand, you have what's called an Old Testament and a New Testament. The word testament literally means covenant. There's the old covenant, which means this. The only way sins can be forgiven is through the shedding of blood. So we're gonna sacrifice bulls, goats, lambs, all this stuff. It's gonna be sacrificed because your sins can't be forgiven unless there's bloodshed. Jesus says, but today begins a new covenant, a new testament, that there's only gonna be one lamb that's gonna be slain. There's only gonna be one more sacrifice left and it's through my blood. And when I die and pour my blood out for you, watch this, there'll be no more sacrifices. The penalty of sin and death has been now paid for and no longer will you have to sacrifice anymore. All you have to do is repent of your sin, put your faith and trust in Jesus and follow him. And my blood now will cover all your sins for the rest of your life. I don't know about you, but that shouting noise, church. And so Jesus says, here is the new covenant, the New Testament, and it's gonna be through my blood. That's why we celebrate when we do the Lord's Supper, body broken, blood shed, to remember it. Now keep reading, look what he says. He says, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this, and here it is, as often as you drink it, remember me. And this is where the confusion can come in tradition among children. As often as you do it, how often is often? And there's no prescribed often in the scripture. Prescribed means a command. See, in the book of Acts, it's descriptive, which means Luke, Dr. Luke, is just describing what the early church did. And you know what they did? They took the Lord's Supper before every meal, every day. And then eventually, they moved it, and they didn't do it before every meal every day. They did it once a week when they began to gather. It's just a descriptive and described when they do it. Keep reading verse 26. For as often as you eat this. How often? Paul, how often? What is often? We'll leave it up to you. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And it's right there. It's right there that made me think that we need to... Title this, stay connected to the gospel. Because when you take the communion, here's what you're saying. Jesus came, he died, he got up out of the grave, and he will return. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And here's what I believe, men, I believe this within me, is that most Christians have gotten over the gospel. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for getting me out of hell. But the gospel just doesn't save you. The gospel gives you the power to live today. Could you imagine if you renewed your mind on the gospel every single day of your life? Which means as if every single day I got up knowing, God, you came for me, you died for me, you forgave me of all my sins, you got up out of the grave for me, and one day you'll come to receive me to yourself. Could you imagine? I just believe Christians have just gotten over the gospel. You've forgotten over that Jesus came and jerked you out of the pit of hell and saved you and forgave you and cleansed you from all your sin. 
If we would understand the gospel is not just unto salvation, the gospel is the power to live today. It gives you the power to share your faith, the power to live. So we gotta stay connected to the gospel, man. We gotta stay connected to what Jesus did. We gotta be reminded every day of what he's done for us. And no matter what happens in your life to know Jesus, you know what, no matter how bad today may be, I'm so thankful that you came for me and that you died for me and that you got about the grave for me and you saved me and you're gonna come back and get me someday. Thank you, Jesus. And so I encourage you, listen church, stay connected to the gospel. It is the power unto salvation, but it's also the power to live today. So we wanna stay connected to God's word. We gotta stay connected as a family. You can't isolate yourself. And we gotta stay connected to the gospel and understand that it's what saved us, but it's the power that allows us to live today. And lastly, my final point, is we gotta stay connected to prayer. Now, for some of you, we just won, okay? There's four there. We did not get blocked by the devil. We, we, we won, there's four green right there. So you gotta stay connected to it each other, stay connected to God's word, stay connected to the gospel, and then we must stay connected by prayer. Now, when we read this, it says they broke bread and they prayed. Yes, there's personal prayer happening in our lives, but I'm not so much talking about your personal prayer. Most people use personal prayer as like a spare tire. You only get it out when there's a blowout. And when something goes bad in your life, then you start to pray. When things start going downhill, you begin, you ask me, would you begin to pray for me? But that's not really the context of this personal prayer. It was corporate prayer. And this is one of the things I think the big C, the big C church lacks, but obviously we as, as well is gathering together in corporate prayer, one heart, one mind, one vision, one purpose, one priority, one focus, as the early church did, and pray for God to do some great things. And I want you to look what happened, this is Acts 2, but look what happened in Acts chapter four when they gather corporately and begin to pray. Acts four, verse 31, look what happened. And when they had prayed, the place that had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the word of God with boldness. And I wanna see that again. I wanna see people getting together, praying, studying God's word, remembering the gospel, dedicated to the scriptures, deep community of faith. And when we begin to pray, the earth begins to shake. Our cities begin to shake. Our region begins to shake. Not because we're powerful, we are not. We don't have the power, but through us, God can do great things. If we'll stay connected to his word, connected to people, connected to the gospel, connected to prayer, y'all better watch out because Jesus will show up and things will begin to rattle and chains will begin to break and grave clothes will begin to fall off and lives will begin to save. And every single day, day by day, people were being saved. I want to be part of that. I just want to read about it. I want to experience it. And that can happen if we will just get serious about getting connected. 
And so I've been thinking about this for a long time now. How do we practice? Remember, we rolled out this series in April that we're gonna be doing this in August. And so how, how do we do that? And so this fall, we're gonna do something we've never done in the history of our church. We've never done this at church. We've tried groups in every way. We offer small groups. Some of you are in a group right now. We're thankful that you're in a group. And one of the things we get is, man, time, and then, you know, what time of the week, and mom's in a ladies' group, dad tries to find a men's group, or a men's group, and youth is on Wednesday, like, just balancing the kids and all that stuff. So we, I thought, how can we honor family time, but also practice getting in God's Word, remembering the gospel, deep fellowship, and praying with one another? And so starting on September the 13th, for this semester, we're gonna try something. We're gonna have family night on Wednesday night. Two parts of that. Family night is the church family, everybody in the church family is welcome. But also for you who have a family, we're gonna have Bible study stuff for your kids, for all ages. Bible study for the youth, they're already gonna be here, they already meet here anyway on Wednesday nights. And mom, you don't have to drop your kid off or sit in the parking lot waiting for an hour to pick your kid. Guess what, you can come in for adult Bible study. I'm gonna lead this Bible study from stage this semester, I'm, I'm gonna walk through. It's gonna be very informal. We're gonna walk through some scripture together. We're gonna fellowship with one another. We've decided we're gonna do communion every single week for 10 weeks this fall together to remember what Jesus did. Because I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna talk about the end times and UFOs and aliens and stuff. It's gonna be fun. You don't wanna miss it, man. It's gonna be so much fun. So if we're gonna be talking about the end times and the signs of the end times, wouldn't it be fitting to take communion together as a family because he says, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. And I just want you to know, he's coming back. He's coming back. And so we want to do this together as a church family. Everyone's welcome. You can bring family and friends. So we've got adult Bible study. You don't have to just come, just come bring your Bible and some note and your blank paper. We're going to take some notes. We're going to pray together, take communion together, fellowship Youth is going to be meeting kids, the whole family. For every age, we're going to have it available. And I'm going to invite you to come be part of that. Now, for all you guys that are Ashland campers, yours is going to be a little bit different. It's okay. Pastor Derek, in, in the days and the weeks to come, he'll explain to you what you guys are going to be doing. But here at the Moored campus, that's what we're going to do for 10 weeks. We're going to try it. I think there's like 8,600 hours left before this year's up. I'm going to ask you, would you be willing to commit 10 of those? For 10 weeks, one hour, Bible study, fellowship, communion, prayer. Out of 8,600 hours, could you commit 10 of those? Could you begin to try to move your schedule if you're able to? Some of you are gonna work, I understand that. There's nothing you can do, I get that. There's no shame, no much shame in you because you can't be here. But if you can make things, schedules, practices, dinner, whatever around, we're gonna have so much fun as a family walking through this. And I can't wait. We're gonna try it out. I can't wait to see. I'm excited about talking about UFOs and aliens and end time stuff. I don't even know. Anyway, it's gonna be fun. I may be an alien. You don't even know it yet. So we'll see. So what I would encourage you to do is everybody in your seat when you walked in, you had a Connect Four token piece. And I just want you to take this home. And the reason why is this. This week, will you pray? Let this be a reminder. Where do I need to get connected? Do I need to get connected to God's Word? I'm gonna start. Let me tell you the best place to start. I will encourage every one of you watch online, watch this too as well. Everyone, you need to go download our app. 
Our app's amazing. I mean, there's so many great things and we got so many good things coming. You can take sermon notes in your app. You got Bible, we got a daily verse. Pastor Adam will talk about that in a moment. Get it, we, get in God's Word. It's on our app. Maybe you need to start connecting in fellowship. Maybe you say, no, I need to not forsake the assembly on Sunday mornings. I'm gonna be there on Wednesdays. Let's start doing this. Here. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna work this out, get connected. Maybe it's God's Word. You just gotta get in God's Word, study. I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's that. I just gotta remind myself this week. I'm gonna put this in the bathroom right there where I brush my teeth. And, and every morning I get up, hopefully you brush your teeth in the morning. But when I get up, I'm gonna remind myself of the gospel today. Jesus came for me, he died for me. He loves me, he's forgiven me. No matter what I face today, he loves me. I'm gonna remind myself of the gospel. Or maybe it's a reminder of prayer before you go to bed at night. You put it right there next to your bed and say, this week I'm gonna have something to remind me. Hey, you stay connected to prayer. Stay connected to prayer. And I don't know what that is for you, but our mission is to help you take your next step. So what is your next step? And just pray through that and we're here to help you in any way we can. It's gonna be a fun series. Got a great semester plan and packed. Can't wait to walk it out with you. And can't wait to see what the Lord's gonna do. I'm gonna ask you just to bow your heads. I'm gonna trust today that the Holy Spirit has touched your heart, spoken to you in some form or fashion. And I just wanna encourage you, the greatest next step you could ever take today is to surrender your life to Jesus. Because here's the gospel. He came for you. He died for you. He got up out of the grave for you. If you repent of your sins, put your faith and trust in Him, confess Him as Lord and follow Him, He will forgive you of all your sins. That's why it's called good news. And today you can do that right where you are. All of our campuses watching online, cry out to the Lord. You can do this today. And if you do, we wanna help you take your next step. Host is gonna come out just a moment or your campus pastor, they're gonna share with you what's your next step. And maybe you're here and you've already given your life to Jesus and you never followed Jesus in baptism. That is not a description. That is a prescription. That is a command. You have been commanded by King Jesus to be baptized. And so today, if you're here and you're giving your life to Jesus and you have never been baptized, guess what? The water's warm and it's ready to go. We got baptism, we got shirts for you. We got clothes for you. We got hair dryers, you can get your hair all did when you get wet, no matter, we got you ready, right? We're ready for you. So if you're ready and you've given your life to Jesus, you're ready. Well, I'm not perfect. You ain't about to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. The only requirement is that you've given your life to Jesus. We have that. You can get baptized today with a bunch of people. It's gonna be fun. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy is new every day. Thank you, Father, we could take an old Milton Bradley game called Connect Four and pull out some thoughts of some four things we could do to get connected to you, to each other, to your word, to prayer. And Holy Spirit, I pray today that you would just allow us to leave this place mindful of areas in our life that we need to surrender to you to get connected to you. God, I can't wait to see what you're gonna do this fall. I can't wait to see what you're gonna do through your church and through your family and through your people. God, we love you. It's in your name we ask and we pray. Come on now, and everybody said, amen.